Howdy, folks. Tomorrowland Transit Authority Metroliner non-stop now departing Rocket Tower Plaza Station for a round-trip Super Skyway Tour. Hollywood, 1939. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcasts with your hosts, Dewey, Ron, and Tony. Here, we love to talk about the Walt Disney World Resort, the way we remember it, how it's changed, and why we still enjoy visiting the most magical place on Earth. We're not experts, but we want to share our unique experiences and memories with you. You may learn some facts you never knew before, and you may return to some of your own memories of the Walt Disney World Resort and we'd love to share these memories together. So come with us on a podcast journey as we reflect on the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please stand clear of the doors. Reflections. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast, your unofficial guide through Disney World memories and their connections to the parks we know and love today. This is episode number 23 of the WDW Reflectors podcast, and I am Dewey, one of your hosts. We thank you all for being here with us. Stick around towards the end of the show for more information on how you can contact us and become involved in the show through social media groups and maybe even be a contributor to future shows. With me today are my podcast travel buddies, Ron and Tony, coming to us from Tennessee. My buddy, Ron. What's going on, Ron? Hey, man, it's good to be here again. Just um, enjoying some winter weather. I don't know that enjoying is the right word for that, but <laughs> enjoying may be the better word, um, but enjoying life. I'll put it that way. That makes more that makes more sense because to me, it's impossible to enjoy the winter. Anybody that does is a lunatic. So if I uh, live by some ski slopes, I could enjoy it, but I no. don't. So. Mm. Look, I, I, I live relatively close to the Poconos where you can do some skiing and stuff. I've been here 20, almost 21 years, and I have never skied. I shall never ski. Really? I, not, I would, I would oh encourage you to God. try it. It's a lot of fun. Hey, you know, the only place <laughs> I need frozen water is in my beverage. That is it. Any sport that necessitates ice is not for me. Uh, I'm not. It's not for me. The one they don't do like the Winter Olympics either. Do you like? Uh, I don't watch them. I'm not interested in them. I do not care. No, uh, no. Snow is a four letter word, and uh, you know it, it's just like a cuss word to me. I'm, I don't like to say that word either. Snow, bad food. All right. Good to have you here, Tom. Or, no, you're Ron. Good to have you here, Ron. And coming to us from the Big Apple, my buddy Tony G. What's going on, Tony? Hey everybody, uh, hope uh, you had a good week. It's uh, been one of those times where I can't believe that we're already in the middle of January. Where'd the year go? We, we were just celebrating New Year's just yesterday. Yeah, it's when we're, this is like uh, we're in the 20s. Uh, yeah, 20s, crazy. This is the week of the 25th. So yeah, it's crazy. It's gone by really fast. But you know, I mean, when you Christmas, guys. Hmm? Yeah, right. tomorrow's Christmas. Yeah, seriously. When you get to be, you know, when you're a kid, it seems like the days drag. But the older you get, it, it, you just you wake up and it's already, you know, mid-April, and you're like, wait a second. It yeah, I love the phrase: by. the days are long, but the years are short. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. 
So yeah, man, mid January already. After actually past mid January already. So time flies when you're having fun, I guess. Yeah. All or right, y'all. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> or if you're not, it still flies. All righty, y'all. Are we ready to reflect on this week's WDW Reflections podcast? I've got my reflecting mirror right in front of me. Well, don't let it get in front of the camera. We need to see your face. You wish upon a star Makes no difference who you are Anything your heart desires Will come to you Bill Sims, you've just won the Super Bowl. What are you doing next? I'm going to go to Disney World. All right. So this week, as the NFL enters into the second week of this year's playoffs, we thought it would be fun to take a look at the history of the What's Next advertisement campaign. As January 25th marks the 35th anniversary, think about that for a second, fellas, 35th anniversary of the I'm going to Disney World Super Bowl campaign. So my buddy Ron is going to lead the discussion as we reflect on this annual Disney ritual. So, Ron, take it away, buddy. Absolutely. So, um, first, I found this uh, a lot more interesting than than what I intended and uh, originally thought that I would run into. Um, but the infamous I'm going to Disney World is officially called, as Dewey referred to it, the What's Next campaign. It started in 1987, first aired January 25th of 1987. Um, they recorded at the end of the Super Bowl, and traditionally, the MVP is the person that's asked to do that. This now, the first one was actually asked for each quarterback to do it, and they were approached prior to the game and promised $75,000 each. What? Whether they did it or didn't do it, because they wanted them to be prepared, whoever won. So um, Phil Sims, actually of the New York Giants, was the one that got to do it. But John Elway also was paid $75,000 in the event Denver Broncos pulled out the win. So Can I found really that, quickly? Yeah. Uh, who, who was paying them? Was it the team or Disney? Disney. Ah, okay. It's Disney app. So... Um, and what I also found interesting is that year they did it three other times for following um, three other major sports championships. And I didn't find which ones those were, but it was interesting that they did it uh, three additional times and paid that same amount um, to the individual that did it. And like I was saying, most times the MVP is, is the one offered the opportunity, but due to unfortunate fortunate circumstances, not all is unfortunate, but the one example I have for un- unfortunate situations was Ray Lewis was named MVP of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 35, but he was involved in a murder trial and the opportunity was therefore given to Trent Diller, Dilfer, the quarterback. Um, another time, Tom Brady was the MVP and he opted to give the opportunity to one of his teammates, which I thought was kind of cool. Well, let's be honest. Uh, Tom Brady's had the opportunity to do it like 37 times 
So, well, it, it, yeah, I don't know. It, you, it's the MVP. So it's not just the quarterback all the time. So, right. which I'm sure, yeah, you're right. It's I'm typically sure Tom Brady when, when yeah. he wins the Super Bowl. Right. Um, and and the, the interesting part of this is how it came about. It came about um, when Michael Eisner was out to I, eat. I knew it was going to be a Michael Eisner. So did I. Yeah. I knew. Yeah, it. I mean, well, I it's it. 1987, so you knew. But even if you didn't know the date, this kind of stuff is definitely signature Michael Eisner, right? Yes. And he was out to eat with his wife Jane and Dick Rutan and Gina Yeager, who in 1986 had piloted the first aircraft to fly around the world without stopping or refueling, and. They were out to dinner, and so obviously that was a major echelon in their careers. And so Michael Eisner was like, "Well, now that you've done basically the echelon of your of your career, what's next?" And uh, Dick Rutan quipped, "I'm going to Disney World," and and they had a good laugh. But then later in the evening, when they got home, Jane, his wife, said, "You know." that would really be a great advertising campaign and and the rest is history. And um, so I thought that was a really, really cool story about it. Um, What's also interesting to me is that the cost or what you get paid now versus what you got paid for the original. What do you think happened to the cost for payment to um, the ones that get asked to do this? What do you mean? Are you, do you, are you asking us, what do we think that it's what do you think gone the cost up is or down? Being offered, yeah. the, you mean what, what they're being offered? That, what do you think they're being paid today? Um, I'm going to say 250000 Just okay. a guess. Sure. Any guesses, Tony? I, I would get some somewhere around the same. Yeah, I would have too. Surprisingly, they only pay and I can't get where this what date this started, but they pay thirty thousand now. Wow! So it's Isn't gone down. It's gone down significantly, and and I don't know if that's how marketing works after a certain period of time. They they don't feel like the ROI, the return on investment, is is as great. So they don't feel that they can pay the the higher dollar. I don't I don't know why that is, but it definitely went down and and that's what they do. So um well look, I'm gonna be honest, uh, I'm a high school teacher, so even that thirty thousand dollars is like double my annual salary anyway. So it's still a lot of money to to you know me. No, absolutely. I'm, I I mean, shoot, you tell me if if you'll get on TV and say, hey, I'm going to Disney World and you just give me a a ticket. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll say it. it. I'll <laughs> say it. Hire me. Hire me. Exactly. So, I mean, hey, maybe, maybe that's the ideal, guys. We approach Disney and say, hey, our podcast has <laughs> so many viewers and so many listeners that will do the What's next campaign for you if you'll just give us a week at Disney in a in a in a deluxe hotel in a deluxe resort? 
You reach out to him, Garan. Let us know how it goes. (laughs) I'll let you know. (laughs) Um, And then this is, and and to me, this is such a great story. And, And maybe, Dewey, this will give you some hope for the Disney um, uh, game that they're playing right now of trying to, it seems like they can try to add a plus to everything, right? Well, the 2020 plus or 2020 overhaul to this campaign is pretty, pretty cool. Um, Disney Parks Experiences and Products was the official sponsor of the game's MVP ceremony. Patrick Mahomes' announcement of the phrase was embedded into the broadcast post-game show, which included appearances by Mickey and Minnie Mouse alongside 10-year-old Make-A-Wish child Nathaniel from Austin, Texas. During the Disney World Parade honoring Mahomes, Nathaniel also took part, representing the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Nathaniel also posed with Mahomes Disney Parks Experiences and Products Chairman Bob Chapek, Mickey Minnie, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, and Make-A-Wish American President CEO Richard Davis. When Chapek announced a $1 million donation to Make-A-Wish Foundation in Mahomes' honor. So, I, I to me, that was just pretty incredible. I, I, I know Disney's always um, supported make a wish and it's really cool that they do that and then the young man was also included in the parade that next day so i i thought to me that was um that was pretty cool that's uh incredibly cool uh I, i've been involved in some make a wish stuff you know had a chance to participate in a couple of things and it's an unbelievably amazing uh or organization and the stuff they do for for sick kids and stuff so holy smokes man if you're a if you're that if you're nathaniel you're that little boy and you're a kc fan or you're a just a patrick mahomes fan holy smokes what a what an incredible uh opportunity for that that's that is really really cool yeah it 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 absolutely is and then um the other thing, uh, and it should, it didn't finish this out, 17 other children from Make-A-Wish Foundation also got free passes to attend um, the parade that year as well. So $1 million donation plus 17 kids. I don't know how they chose the 17 kids. Um, I, I can't imagine. Maybe the 17 that was already in line to, to do a Disney. I know Disney re- basically – bends over backwards for that organization. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. Uh, one of the, one of my friends here in Delaware that is in the, uh, the 501st Legion, the garrison mm-hmm. with me, the Legion that the garrison that I'm in here and the first state, yeah. uh, first state garrison is what we're called. Um, she actually is a volunteer for, um, for make a wish here in Delaware. So she's, she does, she's the, the lady that, um, uh, Anybody, anybody here in Delaware that is uh, a child that is, um, you know, applied to make a wish, she's the one that goes to their house and says, you've been chosen and and tells them, you know, kind of reveals to them what their, their surprise is or whatever. So I know that she does, uh, she's done many of those that go to Disney World. So yeah. it's, we, uh, we it's, had a niece that um, unfortunately 
suffered and had the opportunity to experience Make-A-Wish. She didn't choose Disney, but the the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which is actually franchised out to the different cities. It's not the one corporation, but they, they honored her wish. She wanted to go to um, Chicago and they really made it a big deal. I'll, I'll talk to you guys a little bit about something offline just because it, we're off subject, but um, pretty incredible organization. Um, one other thing that I thought was very, well, not two other things. Uh, one is that they record both I'm going to Disney World and I'm going to Disneyland mm -hmm. um, so that they can use the commercial regionally. I thought that's very interesting. And they always offer a parade in at least one of the parks so that it's true 50% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Were you able to tell what they do when they go to these parks? Do you know Do you know what their, what their itinerary is like? Do, do they just go for the parade and then go back home? You know, I, I, my guess, I didn't get to see that, but my guess is that they, if they want a VIP tour of the, of the, of the parks to ride and stuff that they would get a VIP tour or they could just go and partake in the parade and go home. I'm sure it's their option. But I know about the, I know they have to do this because of the immediacy of, of keeping uh, things current, but can you imagine after months of training and playing and trying to get your score and you finally go through the, the the trouble of winning this you've got to then be packed on a plane and go to disney world right i don't know if that's the next thing i'd want to do as much as i love disney world i think i'd be so tired i just want to can i go back can we well back? yeah you know i'm sure per, every personality has a different way they they like to endure but i'm sure it also is this and that once you get into that celebrity kind of get yeah you, you're used to that being in that yeah whirlwind of uh okay this is next you're and, still on that high of, of, yeah. of being able to be uh shuffled around that way do you know if there's ever been a case where someone's not been where they had to say it but weren't too thrilled about the idea of well, you know i've got to go to disney world when yeah see i didn't get any i would I, I do have one uh very interesting story not to that point but Nancy Kerrigan was okay. asked after the 94 Olympics to do it. And she was recorded, quote, this is dumb. <laughs> I hate it. This is the most corniest thing I have ever done. And then, However, uh, then Kerrigan came by and went, said in her comments, in comments later, that her comments were taken out of context that she was referring to wearing her medal because she was taught to not to boast of success oh, and wins. That makes sense. So, yeah. So it was, I, Nancy Kerrigan again in the, in the limelight of corruption, but <laughs> scandal, right? Scandalous. <laughs> so again, I found that, so there's some interesting stuff and, 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 and Tony, to your point, you can always find um, some fun little tidbits like that. Well, I think they're probably willing to do it because they're getting paid for it, you know. Yeah, and and then that and, you know, these guys have a ton of money anyway. So I guess it's not really that big a deal to them either. But they're probably not paying for the airfare. They're not paying to get into the park. Well, you know, yeah, so, they're not paying anything. Yeah, they're, they're so. being wined and dined and given the best. And, and I, like I said, I'm sure that they have the option, which for anybody to do um, the VIP service, I think I mentioned this 
on another podcast. It's it's like three thousand dollars an hour. Yeah, I mean it's crazy, and yeah, you thanks. are you have to commit to like seven hours or something. I forget. It was crazy money. They, uh, I remember a few years ago uh, watching. You know, now that you, everything is broadcast live, you can see it on YouTube and Facebook yes. and all that stuff. I remember seeing it was almost like uh, paparazzi following the royal wedding or something. They were in Disney and people were trying to get get a shot of. I if I'm I'm pretty sure it was uh, Gronk uh, Gronkowski, oh, yeah. uh, and they were he was in the Magic Kingdom. And there's a little area that is fenced off behind the Plaza restaurant that's between the Plaza and um, Tomorrowland Terrace. And they were he was back there on some sort of riser or something. So you could just you could see him over the over the fence and you could see all the bright lights and stuff. So he's standing with his back to the crowd or whatever. And, you know, the crowd can't get to him, but he's standing in there with his back to the crowd and so the the castles behind him and you could see that they were recording something or whatever so and i mean that's you know i mean that happens the the day after the super bowl yes yeah i mean they it's almost like they take a shower and get on a plane and they're there for the the next day so but i thought that was really interesting when i you know that was happening live on facebook and stuff they're like look ron ron grakowski's here doing the Super Bowl ad or whatever. And you, you know, people were taking pictures and stuff. It was a, it was a big deal. You, you guys uh, uh, want to know, I was actually um, witness to something like this and it turned out to be a bigger Disney connection than I, I didn't, I didn't realize this at the time, but I was in California in October of 2002 during the world series. And apparently um, that year, the California Angels or the Anaheim Angels won the World Series. And so I was staying. Uh, it was my first time, I think, at, at Disneyland uh, that, I, that I booked a couple of days to stay. So I, was, I, I made sure I, I wanted to stay at the Disneyland Hotel. I stayed at the Disneyland Hotel. And I could oversee the park. You could see some of the park in the distance. And you can see um, uh, some of the pathway of, of how people get to the monorails. And I remember waking up that morning and I kept seeing this flow of red people. And I'm thinking of people dressed in red, I should say. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was getting concerned because I said, boy, that's a pretty big group. And then more and more people started flooding into the park. And this was early in the morning at about uh, seven or eight. And I'm thinking, oh, great. We're not going to be able to go to the park today because uh, the, apparently the Angels won the World Series and all of the Angels are going in there. They're going to do the parade. And they're going to have uh, massive crowds there today. But I will say that by the time we made it into the park at 10 a.m., everything was done. I mean, they just they apparently had done the parade. They had done the fan gathering. And there was not any of that in sight by the time I went into the park um, later that morning. But uh, I had no idea up until just a couple of seconds ago when I looked it up. The, um, the Walt Disney Company owned that team up until that yes. year and once they once they um won the world series they kind of sold it to somebody else the following year but but i was there for that so that was kind of cool it is cool um we were there for christmas and dancing with the stars were there and they had vips around them and everything and they were really handling them as they do celebrities but my daughter 
really wanted to meet this one. And it's a memory of Disney that we'll never forget because she said, I just want an autograph real loud in the, and one of the cheetah girls stopped and took a picture with her. And, and it was the year of the work where, where dreams come true. Disney World. Oh, okay. Dreams come true. So we have a picture and we we put that overlay on it where dreams come true with her and then one of the Cheetah Girls. It it was really, really um cool. Cause the handlers did not want her to stop, but she's like, just a minute, I'm stopping. So it's kind of that's cool. awesome when they do that. Yeah. That's a that meant a cool story. Uh full disclosure, I have literally never in my life heard of the Cheetah Girls. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't even know what Fair that enough. is. I, I, <laughs> the only reason I do is I have a little girl that really enjoyed the music. I think they were a Disney Channel thing, right? Yeah, they were. They were a Disney Channel. Oh, okay. Thing. And and they also, um, obviously, um, anyway, yeah. And, and Dancing with the Stars is also a Disney-owned. Yeah, it's right. ABC yeah. show. So. so it's nice to know that, they, that they're able to handle this in a, in an orderly fashion, I'm sure that in Walt Disney World they do the same: manage the crowds, get the uh, athlete through, and get on with the day. Because I, I I'm pretty impressed. When yeah, we've been there for the. You would think when they we've been there for the recording of the parade. Sorry if I'm ruining that for anybody for the Christmas Day parade. It's not live, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, they handle the crowds really, really well. You don't feel the impact, at least. We've not felt the impact, and there's several stars there for that. And you just, they seem to handle the crowd really well. So that's the story behind I'm going to Disney World in our, uh, in the Super Bowl. Um, so they've done it for several different athletes. They've, they've had, we've had some fun. It was a fun research project for me. And I hope you've enjoyed hearing about the What's Next campaign. That's pretty cool. First of all, I didn't realize that they'd done it for other sports. And then especially when you brought in the the Nancy Kerrigan story, that part, um, I had no idea that that they did it for Olympics and stuff yeah. like that. You know, I've watched mo- 99% of the time I watch the Super Bowl, it, you know, just because it's a spectacle and everything, even if I mean, my team hasn't been in it since the 90s. So I'm certainly not watching it because, you know, to see my team win. I'll be honest. I watch it for the commercials. And even that's been a disappointment. The last it has been a little years. bit. It's now you get to see one commercial that you really take yeah. away. So, But the that I'm always super jealous of the the the, the winning player, the MVP or whoever it is that they select to do it. I'm always super jealous because they get to go to Disney World for free. Lucky dogs. Like they're not lucky enough already. They're multi-million dollar superstar athletes. And then they also get to go to Disney World for free. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's how it goes. Cool. Yeah, that's how it goes. All right. That was awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us, Ron. That's good stuff. All right. So let's go ahead and switch gears. We'll head on to segment number two this is a little thing we like to call what's happening now in walt disney world so this week news broke about the walt disney world resort offering hiring bonuses for many of its open cast member positions these hiring bonuses illustrate that not even disney is immune to the difficulties that many businesses across the nation are facing during the global coronavirus pandemic 
Bonuses range from about a $1,000 bonus for a part-time dishwasher for up to a $3,000 signing bonus for a culinary cook. There's even a handful of postings that have been sitting vacant for a little bit longer, such as a pastry chef that is offering up to a $6,000 hiring bonus. So down there at the Walt Disney World Resort, even they're having trouble filling all their vacant positions. So, so guys, this is it. I know it's, it's our, our chance, chance, right? I was going to say, where, what are we waiting on? Let's right. Go. This is it. I think it's time for us to pack up and move to Central Florida, guys, for our new careers at the Walt Disney World Resort. What are you going to what are you going to apply for? What's your what's your position? What are you applying for? I, I When I was younger, I just wanted to be the guy who goes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Walt Disney World. I just wanted to do that. Oh, you want to you want to do the, uh, do the, the announcer welcome announcement in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's. Man, I, I would uh, I would almost work at Disney for free, but now they're giving people cutting people checks just for getting hired. So that's pretty cool. I thought that was interesting because you know uh, you see that everywhere. Everywhere you go, right now there's um, you know now hiring signs and stuff. I haven't seen a picture of Cinderella's castle lately, but there's probably a now hiring sign in the window. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that's a problem. Ron, what would you want to be if you if you were if you had? No, I'm sitting here trying to think. I almost anything. I, hey, you know what? That might be a fun episode. Why that okay. might be a fun uh, idea be for fun. for yeah. a future episode. So don't tell us what you want to do because I just came up with it. But um, maybe yeah, we'll do uh, top five uh, Disney, Disney jobs we yeah. want to apply for or something like that. There we go. There's a future episode coming guys that'll be a fun I mean, but episode. even get, just give me the job of taking that little broom and the dustpan around during the parade so i can talk with people that are there i to hear people's story about how they got there and and what why they're there i think i love i love people and i love to hear the stories that are behind stuff well i could not do that job because they now those the the sweeper folks are artists also they oh, yeah you know, oh. have you seen that yeah they do yeah, the, the yeah, street I art do i can't do that i have zero artistic ability yeah. so i'm no, not I'm applying sure for that job it. yeah i'm sure they train you how to make a mickey with suds oh yes uh i'm sure they can teach it but not to me i'm not artistic <laughs> whatsoever they would say uh sorry dewey we're gonna put you in another location you you're not cut out for this job all right so i just thought that was interesting when i was putting this together this week that even Disney's having trouble hiring folks. So if uh, if you live in central Florida and looking for, for a change of career, now's the time to apply for Disney. All right. So let's go ahead and switch on over to the third and final segment of the show. This is a little thing we like to call, what's your favorite? Each week, one of our hosts brings with them a question to ask the other two guys. Those two hosts don't know the questions ahead of recording and must answer the questions on the spot. So I have the honor of hosting What's Your Favorite this week. So, fellas, you tell me what's your favorite. Uh, you know me, I always go back to vintage Disney, and I think about old stuff all the time, and I guess because I'm an old guy and I'm nostalgic. So uh, I was – I don't even know how I got on the subject or how this popped into my head this week, but I was thinking about – you know, the uh, our old, the hashtag we like to use a lot is refurbished, not replace. And this attraction has been refurbished and has changed 
uh, several times over the years, but at least it hasn't been taken out. It hasn't been removed. It's still there. So my question for you guys is, what is your favorite version of Pirates of the Caribbean? So think about it and how many times it's changed over the years. You know, first you've got the original with the, you know, the pirates chasing the ladies and the, um, the, the auction scene, you know, as it was in the beginning. And then they probably think about the major changes. So that's the original. And then back in the mid 2000s, they added the, the Pirates of the Caribbean film franchise. So you've got, you know, Jack Sparrow popping out of the bucket uh, or the, 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 what is it? A wine barrel or something. Uh, you've got um, Barbosa up on the, pi- <laughs> excuse me, up on the pirate ship. And then, you know, you got the end scene with uh, Jack Sparrow in the treasure room. And then the most recent change was the removal of the auction scene and the change of the, the redhead from being a member of the auction, being auctioned off, uh, I think was, uh, what is it called, a wench auction or something? I can't remember what the banner used to say. Now, she's a a pirate princess, if you will. She's the pirate, uh, Red the pirate, and they completely changed that scene. It's no longer an auction scene, but now it's Red, you know, um, taking charge rather than, than, than being sold off. So, that is my question to you guys. What's your favorite version of Walt Disney World's Pirates of the Caribbean? We'll start with you, Ron. I'm not seeing the change where they've um, taken the auction scene out. Oh, wow. You haven't seen that yet. I've not seen that. And I know you've been or, to Disney it, a couple of times. Or I've seen times. it and just didn't catch the change. <laughs> okay. You, it's sorry. very drastic change. You certainly. Oh, then I would have. Yeah. Yes. Because okay. it's a completely new uh, animatronic. It's not. The, you remember the the redhead animatronic before? Mm-hmm. She was like, you know, touching yeah. her hair or something, yeah. looking pretty. And it's a brand new animatronic that's one of the more sophisticated ones who, you know, is like raising her hand. Yeah. So we probably didn't get to ride Caribbean. That we probably didn't get to ride Pirates is what i'm thinking which is weird but anyway i i don't it, anyway my choice is going to be i love that they added jack, jack sparrow i really like i i think they did it well and i think that um jack, they even had a guy that was out front that and i don't know that they Our still do this up. but that or david uh, jones dresses like Jack Sparrow. And, oh, uh-huh. Yes. And, and around the, the yeah, plaza. And, and, outside. I mean, live action actor. Yeah. Yes. And he, he really almost could have doubled for John. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. And um, so I don't know. I just really, really enjoyed that. So I, that's the one I would pick. Awesome. So Ron's going with, I guess you could call it version two. The one yeah. that the, the major change when they added uh, Captain Barbosa to the the giant pirate ship and the the pirate ship versus the fort battle and then Jack Sparrow's in it a couple of times throughout the throughout the 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 ride. All right, good. So Ron's going with the Jack Sparrow version. Awesome. How about you, Tony? 
I'm going to echo a little bit of what Ron said, although if we're talking about what's my favorite version of the Pirates of the Caribbean, I would have to say it's the one in Disneyland. I know that's not what we're talking about here, but that original version <laughs> yeah, is I really hear that's awesome. pretty amazing. It is. And uh, aside from having Walt's fingerprint on it, the the ride itself is, is a little bit longer, a little bit more immersive and a little bit more uh, um, just amazing. It's more of a spectacle, I think. But uh, as far as the one here on our coast, I think my favorite was when they did add the uh, the, the the characters from the movie. I, I thought the the entrance of having the was it Davy Jones on the uh, on the waterfall okay. at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, really and then cool. um, and the anytime they add any kind of animatronics to anything is kind of cool because it's better than taking them away from it. So I definitely will go along with with uh, the changes that were made during that period. Uh, unfortunately, I have not been to the park to see the, the latest changes, but I know that during that time period that that uh, that the movie was big, it was very cool to see this. I mean, aside from the fact that we that it's a character Jack Sparrow, you, you keep thinking to yourself, it's Johnny Depp. Look, it's a Johnny Depp um, uh, guy. The, the scene was yes. in the, in the, in the uh, inside the treasure box at the end. And it's just, I, I definitely would say that one. That's my favorite. Awesome. I, I, I got to be honest. I'm surprised. I, I wasn't. I thought maybe one of you might go with that. I was uh, not expecting both of you to go with uh, with the Jack Sparrow version. That's pretty cool. Uh, I, too, love the I mean, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies are really, really good, especially the first couple of ones. Um, lo- love Johnny Depp. I don't I don't know that Johnny Depp's ever made a bad movie. If he has, I haven't seen it. Uh, he's fantastic. And the they did a really nice job on those animatronics. Um, you know, uh, no, no offense. Uh, I love Disney and I love their animatronics. But when you look at some of their animatronics that are based on actual people, for example, in the Hall of Presidents, they're not always a really close likeness. They're they're we'll just say they're not spot on. They're not perfect. Um, but holy smokes, the Jack Sparrow ones, they they weren't messing around with those. They did a really, really good job on the Jack Sparrow um, animatronics. And, uh, and for me, my favorite character in any of the Pirates of the, Caribbean, Pirates of the Caribbean movies is Barbosa. That dude is the star of the show for me. I absolutely love Barbosa. So I love seeing him up there on the, on, on the ship. And, you know, he's, you know, you blooming cockroaches and all that <laughs> stuff. Like you say in the regular, it was a clever uh, way of incorporating those characters. Absolutely. It, it it's not intrusive and they yeah. don't seem out of place. They are, you know, uh, in good spots and they, it makes sense. It wasn't like they were just like, well, we'll put Jack Sparrow here. You know, they really did a really nice job. Uh, I, I you know, maybe it's because, the, the whole thing was based on the movie, but I agree 100%. It's not intrusive, and, and to me, it made the ride a little more, inclu- I don't know, it just made it better for me. Look, it could have been like they did with Maelstrom and changed it to Frozen. You know, it could have been a train wreck like that. They could have just made it Pirates of the Caribbean, the movie ride, you know, and they could have ruined Pirates of the Caribbean. Thankfully, they didn't. They just took an already amazing attraction and just threw a couple of Barbosa and Jack Sparrow 
uh, animatronics in there, and uh, it, I you could say elevated the the attraction for it, sure. Yeah. Um, well, but but go ahead, Tony. Were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say uh, going on what you said before about how realistic the animatronics were. It, it got it got so realistic that at one point I don't know. Do you guys remember when when the actual actor Johnny Depp would make surprise appearances inside the ride as yes. one of his uh, as one of his characters? Yeah, he did that at Disneyland a couple of times, uh, and there's video of it. It's really really cool, really cool. But with all that said, uh, I'm still old school nostalgia guy. I'm still going with the original version. You're only doing um, that because it keeps to your theme. Well, I, I, I'm, if I'm, I am nothing but consistent. If I'm nothing else, I am consistent. Um, I, you know, I'm, you I'm old how, how good it was. And hey, I'm not saying that it's bad. I absolutely love it. I love Jack Sparrow. I love the, um, the, the, the character. I love the movies. But you, if you took those characters out of the ride now, and it was still a fantastic attraction. You know what I mean? It, it's sure. it's it, it's really cool to see them. And when it when it first happened, I was like, "Hey, call Jack Sparrow!" You know, I was really excited. Um, but but if they did away with it, I'd be really disappointed. See, now me, I wouldn't. I would. I would. I would. I'm more disappointed with the changing of the auction scene than I am with the uh, addition or subtraction of Jack Sparrow. Uh, the, I can see that in changing mind. that scene. Um, you know, I have, I have no trouble with changing a scene or, or making improvements and stuff. Like for example, way back when they changed in the original version, the pirates were chasing the women and Disney was like, eh, maybe that's not the best, you know, thing to portray here. So they switched it and the, the ladies were then chasing the pirates and one's got a broom and she's hitting the pirate over the head and everything. And that added some comedy to it. And uh, I'm, I was okay with that. But the notion that they you need to change the, the, the auction scene because it makes the pirates seem like bad guys. Um, wait a minute. <laughs> pirates. They were bad guys. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's silly. But it's, uh, so I, no. I go ahead. I was going to say, you know what this sounds like? It sounds like we have to do a whole episode based on the Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, 100%. Absolutely. 100%. That's, uh, you know, no no doubt about it. That I is would love to hear more of the uh, of the behind the scenes on this. And and we do have a little bit of Walt's creation of it on video. If, if, if folks have never seen that, try to hunt that down. It, it shows Walt with, uh, I believe it was one of the first Disney World ambassador, I'm sorry, Disney land ambassadors and he shows her what he's planning for this ride and it's a pretty cute video yeah so i'm a i'm a nostalgia guy i'm the the original version is certainly the best version and we're talking about the disney world version i have not been to disneyland yet Uh, i have been on how was the paris one i was about to say that i've been on the one in paris and from what i understand uh, i can't compare because i haven't been to the disneyland one and I haven't even watched a video on Disneyland one because I want to see it myself. But from what I understand, the one in Paris is relatively close to the the, the original in Disneyland. And it's it's really, really good. It's longer than the Disney World version and everything. So it's probably closer to the original Disneyland version than, than it is to the Disney World version. But 
Um, I know that some of the overseas versions of Pirates of the Caribbean, they haven't oh, changed yeah. that auction scene. Yeah. So, uh, I'm but I think sure. one of them has a, has, has a whole different approach to it. Don't, don't they with, with screens Shanghai. and movies yes. and things? Yeah. Shanghai, uh, almost like the, the Disney parks in Tokyo is not owned by Disney. So they don't follow the same budget constraints that, that the parks here do. And, you know, some of the best ideas always get shortchanged because of budgets here, but Tokyo Disney and Shanghai Disney are owned by separate companies. So that's why they get some of the most impressive attractions in the world that we don't always get here in the States because someone else is paying for it. And it's almost like the Imagineers when they are, uh, let loose and, and are free to to create without budget constraints. They do amazing things, and so one of those things is the Pirates Ride in Shanghai is state of the art, using full size sets along with projections and stuff. And uh, I've seen some video clips of that, and it is stunning how amazing it is. But I'm going with original Pirates, the original version from. The uh, the Walt Disney World attraction, Pirates of the Caribbean. That's my favorite. Uh, I like the original. I like nostalgia. I like that it was you know closer to Walt's vision than whatever whatever is there now. So that's my answer. So we got two votes for the Jack Sparrow version of Pirates of the Caribbean from Tony and Ron, and me sticking with my. Um, my normal stance, I'm going with the original, sticking with nostalgia. All right. So that just about does it for this episode of the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please find and follow us on all of our social media. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube at WDW Reflections Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at WDW Reflections. This podcast can currently be found and played on many podcast platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Overcast, amongst others. If you love the show, please leave us some feedback on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Those positive feedbacks help the show reach a larger audience, and it will help us grow. And don't forget, you can always message us from any of those social media accounts, or you can email us at wdwreflectionspodcast at gmail.com. Please send us questions, comments, requests for some trip tips, ideas for future podcast topics or anything else that you can think of just holler at us we'd love to hear from you and please keep coming back and listening because we truly appreciate you thank you for reflecting on walt disney world memories with us on the wdw reflections podcast see you real soon hey ron yeah what's next we're going to disney <laughs>